Want to learn how to be a master of business without going back to school? Listen to the Planet Money MBA. No suits, no PowerPoints, just the secrets of business school delivered straight to your ears. Every Wednesday till Labor Day on Planet Money from NPR. Nuclear. Now, is it Crick or Creek? Coyote or Coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, Ross Petrus, and Kathy Petrus, of course, here with me. Well, here with me uh, from afar in, in their respective towns and countries. It's hot, you guys. What's going on? I mean, I know what's going on. That's a stupid question, but it's hot. I think it might be climate change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's why I stopped myself right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot here. It's actually, though, we're only at 100 today, so it's not that 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's 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 a little cooler. <laughs> well, we're we're in uh, we're at 71 degrees Fahrenheit, Oof. so it's quite a bit cooler. It's actually very Golly. Yeah. See, now, Ross, we went north. We were in Asturias, um, and it was about that there. And it was like a shocker for me because I had brought the clothes I'm wearing in Armenia, and they did not work there. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, I'm freezing. It's 70, you know? Yeah, no, I love 70. 70, 75, I think, is ideal. I love Yeah, 100. 100. <laughs> <laughs> in honor, though, of all the heat uh, and the summertime, we're going to talk today about some lovely summer adjectives. Now, I don't know what that means, but I'm excited to find out. Or are you? Or, or am I? Yeah, I, I never really <laughs> know, do I? Uh, first, though, uh, we wanted to talk about a word that uh, I have seen starting to change a little more. And this time I, I saw it in, in a, a review for uh, the movie Barbie. And it kind of it kind of surprised me a little bit, but, but like I said, I'm seeing it start to change. Here, here's the sentence I, I read: "Quote, it's funny, bombastic, and very smart." Greta Gerwig aims for the fences and hits a home run. Okay, very positive review, obviously. But that word "bombastic" is in there, and as far as I knew, bombastic wasn't really necessarily a good thing. Very interesting, Fletcher. And it's incidentally, Kathy found out that Oppenheimer. Was bombastic. It's also bombastic. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you a little quiz here, Butcher. What do you think? Uh, this was really interesting. I didn't know this, nor did Kathy. Where does bombastic come from? It comes from bombast because it's the adjective of bombastic. What does bombast mean? Do you know? Um, bombast, well, uh, without using the word bombastic, um, I mean, I can't come up with a real quick definition there for you. It's, you know, something that's big and overblown. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know what bombast itself, the noun, is. I'm going to give you a quick what two word answer. Bombast means cotton padding. Cotton padding. Yes. <laughs> I, that was unexpected. That that's that's not where <laughs> I thought it was going. <laughs> um, you know, there are a lot of wonderful outfits in Barbie. I assume there's some cotton padding somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Although in fairness, I mean, obviously, I mean, bombast, that's, that's the original meaning is the cotton padding. So you stuffed something, you filled things with cotton, wool, or, and padded stuff. So yes, it's inflated language is technically what now bombast it means. And, and shortly thereafter, it was just the padding. It became used for that. So therefore, it does mean, in effect, overstuffed Yeah. in, in terms of verbiage, which or overstuffed in terms of, the, of uh, quality. 
So the original term Barbie is bombastic definitely is not a good term. It does not mean Barbie is good. Now it does. It has changed. And this got me thinking. I, I put, when we were talking about it earlier, I think it be, it became ameliorated. It, it got a better meaning from the bomb. I disagree. Kathy disagrees. But that's the bomb became something that means it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I my gut feeling so, oh, is... Oh, so you're thinking it's a conflation of the bomb and fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's bombastic. Yep. Exactly. Huh. I have no way of knowing if it's true. I've tried to do some research on it. There is nothing that says it. I mean, maybe some listeners can can do better research because I couldn't find it. But my gut feeling is, I bet that's where it. That's I bet that's what made it sound become a good word. Well, so, so you guys have seen it used as a good word. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm looking at the Oppenheimer one. One of the ones I had. I mean, they called it a, a bombastic, expertly crafted achievement. It's a bombastic epic, an unrelating stream of bombastic vignettes. I don't get it. I don't it. know what it's supposed to mean now, because if both Barbie and Oppenheimer are bombastic, I'm I I don't I don't understand what it's supposed to mean. That can't I don't under, I don't think that could really mean the same thing in both of those contexts, could it? I agree. I, I'm thinking I'm looking at Oppenheimer as an unrelenting stream of bombastic vignettes. That was in the verge. So now are they overstuffed vignettes? Is that what they're saying there? Oppenheimer is about making the atomic bomb. (laughs) I'm wondering if an unrelenting stream, Kathy, I'm just going to requote what Kathy just said, an unrelenting stream of bombastic vignettes in need of a narrative chain reaction. Ah, so someone's just, that's just clever. That's just like wink, wink, Yeah, I think that's being clever. That also sounds like a negative review. I mean, I don't know because I haven't read the review, but that does not sound nearly as positive as it's funny, bombastic, and very smart. But then on screen said Oppenheimer was a bombastic, expertly crafted achievement, so I don't understand, (laughs) which is more like Barbie is bombastic. So that's interesting. So we have one, one, one Oppenheimer bombastic being good and one Oppenheimer bombastic not being good, which is interesting. It just, it sounds like it, it is something related to really big, right? In some way mm-hmm. or other, mm-hmm. at, at least the way it's being used here. I mean, with, with Barbie, you know, it's very big and bold and, and kind mm-hmm. of brash. And with the other, uh, it's, I mean, it's Christopher Nolan. So I'm sure there's a lot of loud music and mm-hmm. big visuals, right? Yeah. So it's not meaning a lot. I mean, like, it, it's not meaning something that you can be sure of if you read a sentence like that. You really need the context. Well, the other thing I found, which I had not known before, is another big phrase right now is the bombastic side eye. Oh, what's that? And it's basically, yeah, no, I know. I was like, what the hell? It's basically, a, a Beyonce did it recently, did a bombastic side that eye. That I believe. Now. That it's, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> But it's basically you're kind of looking, you're do, giving some of the side eye. It's supposed to be like really big, really like, oh, really kind of side uh. is the impression I get. But then, I mean, like they, uh, one article I saw said that people in Hong Kong were urged to use the bombastic side eye on smokers to help build a non-smoking society. So, but why bombastic there? That's really interesting. What is it? I mean, what does it exactly mean there? I don't think the adjective really means anything. I think it means big now. 
I think it just means big. So it's a big side. So the side eye is 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 a side eye is a negative sort of look at people. Right. A bombastic side eye is a big negative look at people. Okay, I'm just here's one definition it says it's a strong sense of disdain, yes. sarcasm, or disbelief. <laughs> that would make sense. The bombastic side eye. I, I okay, I got to admit I kind of like that. Okay, let's start using. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, we better get going here, guys. If we have summertime adjective time, <laughs> and we've decided what better way to celebrate the joys of summer than boning up on adjectives relating to summer? Naturally, you, yes! you think of a better way to do it. I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I want to say these are not easy adjectives. Ah, okay. They're not things like hot or or broiling or sticky. They're complicated adjectives. And we're going to see if you can tell us the meaning, Fletcher. All right. This is, this is fun. <laughs> but I know they're all summer related, so that helps at least. Exactly. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read a sentence, and you're going to tell us the meaning of the adjective. Okay. And we're going to also discuss, incidentally, is this a good adjective, or should we just dump it from the English language? <laughs> okay. okay. The first word is estival. I think it's pronounced festival, Kathy. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, we're dropping the S because okay. this is a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the sentence is, he indicated that in the course of the Estival recess, he might be reconsidering the terms and conditions of my employment. Right. Uh, so I saw this word. I don't know that I don't know that I've ever really known this word or I mean, I couldn't tell you where I might have seen it before, but when I saw it, I thought it was, well, first of all, this is going to sound a little silly, but summer related. Uh, yep. And um, it, it, it's related to this, this period of time. That, let's see, how can I put this? I, I, mean, I mean, if you're on an academic calendar, it's, it's the, the off period. It's the summer period. Uh, yep. Yeah. You got it. You okay. got it. Okay. You got That's it. Off or relating to summer. Yeah. It comes from the Latin istis, istoalis, relating to the summer. Now, I think this one is a dump word. He indicated the course of the summer recess he might be reconsidering. Why say estival? Because you're trying to sound all smarty pants. That's what, what I think. <laughs> so what it's do you guys like say? say quotidian. I, mean, I say we dump it from the English language. Yep. What do you guys yep. say? <laughs> gone bye-bye yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh and it's not related to festival festival no. comes from festival but i mean you could have an estival festival right <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> i like it all right ross you want to do this one the word here we go mary had from her window seen her stepmother leave the house at so unlikely an hour three o'clock of a canicular august the hottest day of the season Canicular August of a canicular August. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I know this one isn't going to be quite so easy as Estival, which was just summer, because August is in summer, and so there's no real reason just to say a summer August. Uh, canicular August, uh, an August that, that must just be unbearably hot. Can I give you a clue here to see if you, we can get in something here? Absolutely. I think you should say, Ross, get serious. <laughs> oh, that's really good. That's good, Kat. Get serious, as in the star. Oh, the dog star. Oh, sort of like the dog days of summer. Yes, you got it, Fletcher. Oh, can cana. Yeah, canna. Okay. Canis, uh -huh. yes. I sort of like this word. I think it's sort of cool. I don't know what you guys think. I don't like it. I, I think it's I think it's extraordinarily stuffy. 
I think it's kind of cool, but I don't. If you used it, I would not like you. I wouldn't use it in a normal way, but there's something about the dog days of summer, and like three o'clock of a dog days of summer August is hard to say. It doesn't work as an adjective. Yeah, three o'clock in the dog days of August. Yeah, I guess. Okay, okay. You know what? I am sort of in between you two. I think if somebody said this to me then I would roll my eyes. I think if I read mm-hmm. it in a book, I think I would kind of like it. I don't know. The dog days of summer, really, there's something about that. That always fast, the time period always gets me, the dog days of summer. Uh-huh. I, don't, I think we could always have another word re- relating to it. So I'm happy with it too. <laughs> I did not realize though, I thought canicula came from like can- canis, but it, I didn't know that was the Latin name for Sirius. Yeah, canicula means little little dog. The Eula part is a Latin for like little. Oh. Yeah, but that's what they called the, they called Sirius Canicula. Yeah, because it was in the constellation of Canis Major. Yeah, so and it was, it was a little, little. It was a little dog in the big dog. You know what? I like it. I like it more now. It, just as we're sitting here. Sorry, Kathy. I, I want to keep this word. I like Canicular. All right. I'll we're, we're gonna it. we'll alert the <laughs> English authorities that the <laughs> word stays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next word. I think you'll know this. One night, this was in the Los Angeles Times a few weeks ago. One night, he shuffled around the Cerulean CBS set as the shining star of its Champion League coverage, next to Jamie Carragher, Micah Richards, and Kate Abdo. So we're talking Cerulean here. C-E-R- mm-hmm. C-E-R-U-L-E-A-N. Um, yes. That's a tricky sentence. Yeah, it is. You know, I always thought this was a color. Sort of Woo. sort of related to blue, but maybe I've just heard cerulean blue. Give him the next sentence, Kath. That's yeah, nice you're, uh, the beautiful cerulean sea and the rocky beach oh, well, in Tuscany. Well, uh, uh, that definitely makes me feel like it's related to blue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a giveaway. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but that is, is that what it is? Like it's the name of a color? Yes. yes. Okay. A it's a really blue. deep blue. A really deep blue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it probably comes from Latin for the sky. Yeah, that actually. okay. I was yeah. I was thinking a a, a you know a, a a bright summer day with a really uh, deep blue in the sky, or maybe the deep blue that we see on the beach as we're enjoying the summer vacation. I say we keep this one. I say we do too. I like. Oh it. yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it has a specific meaning too. Uh, I mean, I I would assume that there you could. I I would assume that's a paint color, right? I I don't think we can get rid of cerulean. No, I'm sure you can't. Moving on, the tourists complained that the Tuscan Sea was not cerulean as advertised, but rather viridescent, which indicated a toxic algae bloom. Ew. Oh. You know, speaking of that, we we have a lot of problems with toxic algae blooms in our Kansas lakes right now. It's Yeah. I keep having to read, you know, the the toxic algae bloom warnings on on our newscasts and that sort of thing you can refer to them now as viridescent if you care to (laughs) (laughs) they'll be real impressed (laughs) Uh, i know you're not supposed to touch the water or let your pets do so either no um, don't let your pets near it at all yeah don't let your pets near that toxic algae the viridescent toxic algae uh is it something that's oily shimmering no okay think again uh something that is uh dark and cloudy getting close and hard to see through no dang it think of the what's what 
trees have what color usually? Oh, green. Oh, it's or green. Algae well, has or what or color. algae. <laughs> yes, oh, exactly. I see. I see. So the ocean is is green instead of that lovely cerulean. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Viridescent. I like that word. I like it. I too. think it's a good word. I like the fact that virid is vividly green. Viridity is the quality or state of being green. And they all came from viridis, which was from the Latin. I've never heard this word before in my life. I don't know where I've been. I'm not uh, apparently reading the right things about green things. That's really interesting because I used to collect coins when I was a kid. Mm. And they get, um, a lot of times the copper gets um, green from uh, oxidation. And I remember, like, they would say viridescent coin or something like that, trying to sell you, I guess, on this ruined coin to kids. Or whatever. <laughs> Ooh, it's viridescent. I'm going to spend my allowance. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I like it. I think we can keep it, but I don't think we should use it that often. I think it should be used judiciously. Speaking of which, do you guys know the word smaragdon? <laughs> what? It I agree. Like like it's, one, it's one of those horrible words in the English language. It comes from the Latin. <laughs> Smaragdus means emerald. And apparently smaragdon is, is actually in the dictionary. I'm going to look it up Smaragdon? Right That's horrible. Or Look it it sounds like it sounds like some sort of like fungal infection. That does it? sound like that. Yeah. Like, oh my God, there's some sporagdin on my big toe. <laughs> well, doesn't it? It is. Well, it's in it's in the it's in the dictionary. Other pertaining to emeralds, greenish as in emeralds. I like emerald better. I do too. Yeah. We're dumping smaragdin. I know that wasn't one of the yes, words no on the smaragdin. list, but yeah. And we should probably Doug. Let's we'll just quickly do it. But we're not going to do a sentence for it. Virant. Uh, virant. Uh, no sentence. I, I, I don't know. I mean, having just talked about the green, it seems related to that, but I'm not sure that it actually is. You got it. Green and colored or fresh, not withered. Like not withered. We reached at last towards sunset, a valley that virant by the multitude and variety of its trees. That's really annoying in that sentence. I'm sorry. I think you could say fresh or green. I think it's okay. I mean, once you've like once we've gotten to viridescent, I think, well, let's add viridescent. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Just throw it in. <laughs> uh, I'm against it. I'm I'm the only one here that's holding firm. <laughs> okay, the next word is Zephyrian. No, mm -hmm. Zephyrian, I think. Zephyrian. Oh, Zephyrian. Zephyrian. Thank you. I would have said Zephyrian as well. I'm going to guess on this without even hearing a sentence uh, because I live in Kansas. Now we don't use this word a lot, but we also don't have any trees to break up the wind. So things are very, very windy here. And so I think that's what this means. It's light breezes. Actually, oh, but no. Right. But you were close. You, got, uh, you had the breeze. Close. It's, a, it's, it's like Zephyr, the wind god. Yes. So it's like you're like, ah, Zephyrus. I assumed it was quite windy, uh, right? So we don't really have light breezes here. <laughs> we, no, it's more. <laughs> We, they're not Zephyrian. Zephyrian. <laughs> Zephyrian. It's funny, it. though. I, it's Zephyrian, but I would prefer Zephyrian myself. But it is Zephyrian. It didn't start being a mild breeze until the 1600s. It so started out just old fashioned then. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to point out that the only reason I know this is because I I took a Chaucer colloquium in college, and we had to do the we had to memorize the prologue, and that was Juan Zephyrus echoed with sweat and breath and spirit hot and every halt and hemp the tondra cropes and the yogi song. Good. That's it. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> no one likes my Chaucer. <laughs> I don't, uh, knowing what this 
means now I don't really like it personally. I think be, uh, only because I still think it should mean very windy. That word doesn't that that word doesn't seem like a nice light breeze to me. That's really interesting. I think because we're Greek in background too, because I I knew it as a light wind or like Zephyros from the west wind. So I sort of I see it. And like there, we have another sentence here: pra playful, prankish, Zephyrian fingers teased his taut and weary skin. And I see sort of light, Zephyr-like uh, Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Ross. I have the same thing. To me, a zeph Zephyr is it's, it's very light. It's like, whoo, whoo, whoo. So, you know, Fletcher, breeze. we have two against one. Yeah, no, This stays in the English language. Yeah. Like and we're Greek. So, yeah. so we get an extra point. <laughs> Moving along, though, we have Schoenberg whipsaws us upward out of the crepuscular calm. Yes, crepuscular. I... I have seen this word plenty uh, and completely forgotten what it meant. I'm going to give you another sentence where I think it's completely useless. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. And that sounds this good. Will give you the, this will give it you wasn't a, great in that one either, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> this will give you a really big hint. Skies loom dark with fantastic clouds, cleared into crepuscular twilight. <sighs> I'm not sure that really helps me that much. Okay, how about this? You would you would say, I mean, this is the summer connection. You're looking around at fireflies. You go, ah, what wonderful crepuscular insects. That's a good clue, Kathy. Uh, okay. Um, uh, nighttime. Twilight. Um, twilight. Twilight. So like dusk. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 Crepuscular. That now that again that word doesn't feel like that to me. Crepuscular. That doesn't feel like twilight. Like dusk. Maybe because those other two words, twilight and dusk, have more of that calm summer feeling to me. Do you know? I actually agree with you in terms of the sound. To me, crepus, I mean, it comes from the Latin. Ross is going to tell you this in a second, so I'll be quiet. And then I'll no, you can do it again. Yeah. Do the Latin. I, I can't pronounce it. It's crepus cr cr crepusculum. Crepusculum. Yeah. Meaning twilight or dusk. But mm -hmm. I, I agree, the sound of it, crepuscular to me, always sounds sort of like, like somebody old and their skin's all crepey. And, and like, to me, it sounds like, like a boil on your butt to me. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. I like my fungi toe better than a boil. <laughs> I don't like the word. It's The one thing about the word, though, to be fair to the word, it's used all the time in science. Crepuscular uh -huh. animals, crepuscular. Oh, you know what? I think that's I think that's probably where I've seen or heard it just just coming across it. Well, yeah. that's allowed, I think. I don't think right. it should be used to talk about like that like thing about the crepuscular twilight. I don't even understand if you're saying crepuscular means twilight or dusk. So you're saying cleared into the twilighty twilight? Yeah. But it can also mean figuratively like the dim twilight. But twilight is already dim. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like, like it, it either. But I think we should allow scientists to use it. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll elect okay. them. They're, so, they're allowed. So dispensation. We're, we're dumping it, yeah, with special dispensation for the scientists. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to say, I had found when we were looking this up that um, the editor from years ago, Willard Espy, put a list together of the 10 ugliest sounding word in English, and crepuscular was one of them. He thought that was like a really ugly word. Was uh was smagalodon or whatever Ross said earlier <laughs> one of them? No, it wasn't. <laughs> we'll have to talk to Willard. He did have crepuscular gargoyle jukebox. What, I, don't, I don't get jukebox. That seems fine to me. Whatever. <laughs> so next? This is a tricky one. Go on, Kath, with this one. <laughs> the next one is vespertine. Time. 
or teen. Oh, or yes. teen. I like Vespertine. Or I like Vespertine, Vespertine better too, actually. The Brits say okay. Vespertine. But yeah. The sample sentence is going to give it away. The Vespertine hour was nigh. Vespertine hour. The Vespertine hour. Here's another clue, Fletcher. Yeah. What were we just talking about a minute ago? I forgot. What was the word we had a minute ago? <laughs> Crepuscular. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so v- Vespertine is is um, that, that same time of day? Yes. <laughs> Twilight? Yep. Evening. This word Vesper, tell me about this, because this seems familiar. You would know it from Latin. Oh, you would know it from like church stuff or oh. medieval stuff. Vespers. Oh. Uh huh. That's right. The and evening, that... it, it'd be the evening prayer. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that from reading books. I always like yeah. doing like you know like the monks are going to vespers or something. Yep. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. I like vespertine better than I like crepuscular. I do too. Vespertine actually has like at least some sort of you know euphonious sound. A crepuscular yeah. still just sounds. It does sound opusculy, Ross. I wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> I know it really it, does. It's really bothering me, but it, yeah, it definitely the, has a quick yeah, squeeze yeah. it, you know, and don't I mean, do it near me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> okay. The next word is apricate. Uh, and now again, I think you've mispronounced this. I think it's apricot. No. It's- <laughs> <laughs> They're Very delicious. Good. I was just about to correct him. <laughs> Actually, though, Kathy incidentally found, and then after that, she found it. I did. Speaking of apricot, we found mounds of apricot used in words such as "I really apricate the Red Cross for sending me down here." I really apricate your help in this. People apparently use it to mean appreciate but we're not talking oh, about appreciate. oh wow okay yeah all over the place also mm-hmm. i'll just just to to take us or keep us off track a little bit do you say apricot or apricot apricot you say apricot i don't know what i say i don't think i ever know exactly what i'm supposed to say there i say apricot actually do you ross oh yeah, mom apricot. would kill you mom always said apricot I don't, look it up kathy with the actually it depends on where you're from okay they say that if you're in the northern United States, you're more likely to pronounce it with a long A. That's not true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting annoyed now. Well, I, went I, to school. To... <laughs> I went to school in the north, so maybe I picked it up there. <laughs> Speaking of which, I typed in the sentence, and we were just talking about appreciate. I typed in the sentence that autocorrected to this. Turtles like to appreciate on logs and ponds. <laughs> Google, Google took control here. What oh I meant my. to write in was turtles, the sentence is turtles like to appricate on logs and ponds. Right. So hard, hard to do here when it's, uh, as we mentioned, triple digits all the time. But I, I guess this is sort of like laying out in the sun. I like apricate. I don't. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, apricate. I don't. I don't feel like I'm trying to. Th- uh, so I'm trying to take this back to when we talked about canicular. So I would not like it if somebody told me they were going to apricate. No. Okay, going, I agree with right? you. Right, but yeah. if I read it in a book, you know, I still don't think I would like it. There's something about it that just it doesn't seem no. necessary. I, it doesn't. It doesn't add anything beautiful, in my opinion. Apricate. I don't think no, so. No, it does. No. I agree. It's it's just it's just like a hotsy totsy way of saying I'm going out in the sun. I'm sunbathing. Really. Yeah. That this reminds me. Aprication doesn't sound good at all either. 
I don't even like how that no. sounds. No. no. Never mind when I was a kid. I, I just have to confess this. There was a younger kid. We were sitting at the library, and there was this younger little kid. Like, he was one grade below ours, like fourth, third, or whatever. And we were talking. We had just learned the word fornication. So we were talking. Did I ever tell you this? No, I don't so, think so. Me. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about it. So the kid goes, this young kid, Jim, I remember his name. He later became a physicist. He was a really smart guy. But at the time, he was a dumb third grader. Not a physicist. <laughs> so he goes, what does that mean? We go, why don't you ask the librarian and ask her if she does this? So we were all snickering. He went over to the librarian. And unben- instead of anything happening, she's chatting with him a little bit. They went to the dictionary and he nodded his head. And they, you know, we thought she would yell at him. Nothing happened at all. So we thought, what happened? He came back. The librarian was really clever. She showed him the word formication, which is from the Latin word for ants. And it means to feel like ants are crawling on your skin. (laughs) So Jim came back and the librarian gave us like this clever smile. (laughs) And that was the end of my humiliate people on words experience. Okay, the next word is spoon drift, which is pronounced spoon drift. Spoon drift. It's like it's like those two words smashed together. Spoon Correct. and drift. Okay. Okay. Now our our sentence is very non-summer because we're all hot. So this <laughs> is. It was cold. Oh, it was cold. The pinching cold was like a vice. Spoon drift flew freezing. Fold on fold, it coated them with ice. Uh, say where it comes from, Kathy. Ooh. The Ontario Readers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, this is from the Canadian Ministry of Education in 1886. <laughs> Ross is a proud Canadian. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, you read it one more time. And it was cold. Oh, it was cold. The pinching cold was like a vice. Spoondrift. Flew freezing, fold on fold. It coated them with ice. Thank you. I just wanted to hear you read it again, really. I, I, <laughs> she did a really good much, job with the cat. Yeah, I pretty much remembered what you had said. Um, <laughs> so spoondrift sounds like some kind of weather phenomenon. Uh, a, lot, a lot of blowing snow or sleet? No. Okay. Close. We're in Canada, but let's go. Let's go. So therefore, let's go into the Great Lakes. Now let's think spoon drift. Big waves. Big waves. Big wave. Oh, you mean like just just the really cold wind? Kind of close. The waves are breaking. Wind is blowing through the waves. Yes. (laughs) But but it's it's fall. It's flying. It's not necessarily cold. And spoon drift actually can happens a lot during the summer. Oh, yes. okay. But we're still in the water. <laughs> think, the, think water. And there's wind. Zephyrus is blowing. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking about Kansas Zephyrus. Strong. Yeah. I I mean, I still don't know. Look, I, you guys, I live in Kansas. I don't really know anything about the water. <laughs> it's spray blown from the waves. If you've oh, ever okay. been on, the, you know, when you're in the water and the big waves are coming and the foam kind of blows up against you. Okay. Which could happen in a pool in Kansas, okay? Yeah, a big pool. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, I suppose. Huh, okay. Uh, well, it was, it, and, and so in that case, it was just so very cold and that was happening as well. And The just... spoon drift was flying, freezing from the waves. 
and coated them with ice. Because spoondrift can also, it can be snow too. It can be. It's basically, it's basically spray. Usually it's sea spray huh. from like waves, but it can also like, there's another word closely related called spindrift, which is, and it can be fine born. It's the same or thing. Snow spindrift or, sand. or spoondrift. Spindrift can be sand too. Uh, the I must say I like spindrift better than spoon drift. I don't like spoon the spoon. I just picture a big spoon. So spoon drift sounds like a dessert restaurant in a seaside town, doesn't it? <laughs> it, does. it does actually. It does. <laughs> Come in for our smoothies and parfaits. Yeah. Right. Oddly enough, though, I love both words. They're really evocative to me. I think they're really cool. I like them. Well. The etymology, because is that, that it, it came from the Middle English, from the Old English, S-P-O-N, spawn or spawn. I guess. Spawn. Yeah, chip, sliver, shaving, or a splinter of wood. Yeah. So it's basically evocative of, of like, you know, little sparks or things flying in the air. And then drift is being driven, like a snow drift. We already know well, that. I haven't seen that. Yeah. So it's driving chips or, in this case, you know, bits of um, foam at you. It seems nice if I ever spent any time around waves at all. It's it's a little too Moby Dick for me, I think. Yeah, mm. but that's sort of why I like it. It's just romantic sounding. Well, I didn't like Moby Dick. The sea, the spindrift. <laughs> yeah, no, that's kind of nice, actually. Hey, I, I agree. I'm with Ross. Keep it. I like this concept of the, um, you should think about like moving to the, to, to the coast and opening up a dessert shop. <laughs> <laughs> Fletcher's spoon drift. Yeah. I like it. I think it's great. That'd be a big hit, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd go if you gave me a coupon. <laughs> You're saying it wrong is part of the NPR Podcast Network and is produced by me, Fletcher Powell, in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus records from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. Our digital team is Beth Golay and Carly Cooper. If you like what we're doing here on the show, please tell everyone you know and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can email me at powell at kmuw.org or email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross's other books pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And a number of their books are also available on audiobook, read by the authors themselves. Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can find out more about what they're doing at their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.